Welcome once again to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at Wide Teams. And we are also to be found in the iTunes Music Store. My guest today is Ben Johnson. He's a software architect living and working in Minnesota. Uh, he works for Merrill Corporation. And uh, uh, first of all, I just want to say thanks for uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Now, um, tell me a little bit about uh, what you do at Merrill Corporation. I lead teams in software development efforts and both both leading and doing. Uh, mostly focused on internal style development, but it's all it's all web based. Mm-hmm. Um, teams anywhere from um, three to ten projects, ranging from weeks to years. Oh wow! Okay, so some some pretty big projects there. Uh, and uh, what does Merrill Corporation do? Um, we started out as a printing company and have evolved into a communication service company focused mostly on legal services and the financial world uh, and regulatory filings like the SEC and and related, um, but have, are also getting into healthcare and all that personalized health information that needs to get printed and distributed. Uh, we help companies do that. Very cool. So now that's a fairly, um, I guess you could say button down industry compared to uh, a lot of the small software companies that I talk to. Uh, but you've been, you said you've been working remotely with them, uh, for quite a while. How did that, uh, how did that evolve? Um, it was a, a personal choice for me. I had been living and working in the city for them, um, in Minneapolis and my wife and I decided, you know, it's time to think about starting a family. Don't want to do it in the cities. Don't like the suburbs. Moved out, and fortunately, they would rather have me working for them remotely than not at all. So, I moved out, and um, we, they had a VPN infrastructure at the time, and it's grown, and more and more people have been doing it. It's been a great evolution. That was almost 12 years ago. Oh wow, that's a long, that's a long time. So that's um, that's I probably um getting started earlier than a lot of people did with remote work. Uh, what was that like? I mean, what did you use as tool wise and, uh, you know, what was the, the organization like? Um, it, it goes so far back that I had a dual channel ISDN, which qualified at the time as, um, broadband. Uh, we laugh at it now, but, (laughs) uh, so that was enough to host, um, you know, anything I needed to do via source control, instant messaging, whatnot. Um, it was slow enough that if I needed to download a large software package, I'd kick it off at night. Um, but it was mostly phone and IM and going back and forth between IM services, but always some form of instant messaging for the teams. Mm-hmm. And, and you said that you, that's kind of inspired a, a gradual, um, migration towards more remote workers in your, in your company? Yeah. We've got people that, you know, they might be the only person in their state now. Um, 
that have they've they've moved for various reasons or um, offices have um, have disbanded and people have gone home um, in cases. So it's hmm. it has become accepted. What's uh, what's sort of your state of the art now as far as uh, well? First of all, let's talk about what tools you use. Um, like I said, it's we live and breathe by instant messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, conference calling, we have a, um, a call-in system. We don't do any voice over IP or video. Um, corporate network bandwidth constraints um, prevent that. Hmm. Um, a lot of other tools you know, that are popular in the software world, you know, the wikis and the issue trackers become a, a, a lot of the way to, to share information. Email, of course, nothing radical. Well, how would, how would you describe the, uh, like the day to day operation as far as how much you work together, how much you work separately, um, how many meetings you have, that kind of thing? Sure. We went more formal scrum, um, many years ago. So the day usually starts off with a stand up, um, people calling in for that from wherever they are. Um, we found, for instance, that 9.30 was the best stand-up time to cover the people on the East Coast and Mountain Time Zones. Mm-hmm. Um, do that for 15, 20 minutes. It may adjourn to more of a design call. Um, but from there, you know, people go on their tasks and reach out to others as needed. And you know, th- the rest of us that are in the project management area go on to other calls after the mm-hmm. stand-up. So you have a few calls in the morning? A few calls in the morning, yes. Mm-hmm. And depending on the number of projects that are going at once, it could be calls all day mm-hmm. for some of us. <laughs> um, yeah, you must get a, a sore ear some days unless you have a really comfortable headset. Um, I measure the bad days by when the Bluetooth earpiece runs out of battery. <laughs> gotcha. So that's, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, this is more of an, uh, an agile management question, but I'm always curious. What questions do you ask and answer in your standups? Um, we started off trying to ask some of the questions and then everybody kept feeling I was so pedantic. Uh-huh. It kind of just goes around the phone and people more or less answer the three questions unprompted. Gotcha. So, um, so there you are. You're working. Um, you're working remotely for all this time. How, um, you know, you've had a, a, a lot of chance to, you know, experience the ups and downs of that. How have you liked it? What is it that you like about it? Um, I can't imagine going back to, to not doing it. Um, I, the, the biggest thing I've come to is, uh, the ability to focus. Um, I, you know, I work out of my house. I'm very rural. So there, the only distractions are, you know, the tasks of the house and the dogs and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever comes in electronically, um, which allows for just awesome heads down work you know, when the calls aren't scheduled. Mm-hmm. And, and would you say, um, that that is, you know, that sort of beats the, um, the possibly greater knowledge sharing that you, that you'd get, um, if you were in a, like a, an office with the rest of your team? That's, that's the tug of the perpetual tug of war. Um, the, the value of knowledge sharing versus the value of just being able to get stuff done. Mm. Um, I actually think it is worth it because, um, 
focus is so hard to come by by accident. You really mm-hmm. need to work at that. There are a lot more venues for knowledge sharing, you know, whether it's email or wikis or, you know, the face-to-face meetings when people travel. Um, but it's so much harder to truly give off all the, you know, to go dark or whatever you want to do to get heads down and track down the, the thorny issue that is, is really bugging you at the moment. Mm-hmm. Or deep thought around a design or um, a strategy direction. It's, it's really hard to do knowing that a conversation could come in and interrupt you at any moment or snippets of something from five cubes away will, will throw you off track. Right. So that was your experience, um, when you were in an office was, was getting distracted a lot. Yes. And when I, when I travel, I, I travel to the office 10 to 20% of the time. Um, and it's only getting worse as, um, floor plans become more open, mm-hmm. you know, just horrifies me that, <laughs> you know, the, the interruption vectors just keep getting worse. Sure. Do you think there might be like a, a personality, um, difference there that, you know, where some people thrive more in the, in the open plan and some people, uh, really, really need the, uh, the closed off, um, separate space. Absolutely. The, um, I, I really think so much of this comes down to the psychology of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. Um, when you define introvert as a person who gets their energy by being alone and an extrovert as somebody who gets energy from being with people, I, I think the introverts, which, by the way, is the dominant personality type of software developers, right. just get burned out in that constant people interaction. You need a way to step away. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely personality type. As a uh, as someone who's managed teams, and these are, these were teams of developers, right, or right. mixed teams? Okay, teams of developers. Um, you know, some some team leaders when they're in charge of a distributed team get a little nervous about. Yeah, they feel they start to feel a little out of touch, I guess, with their teams. Um, do you ever feel like that? Do you ever you know wig out a little bit about about uh, you know what are they all doing um, and if not, how do you avoid that? Oh, I'm fine with you know, trusting that people are doing what they're supposed to be. Um, what bugs occasionally is to try to encourage some folks to, because they're remote too, mm-hmm. often, um, you know, come up and surface your problem sooner. Um, right. There's a definite tendency, I'm going to solve this by hook or crook when... You know, if you'd, if you'd come out and interrupt, so I'm, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, those interruptions can save somebody's <laughs> work if they speak up, but just don't speak up every two minutes. Right. Do you have any strategies for helping people do that more? Other than, uh, a, you know, a frequent check-in, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you seem stuck on that. Could, would it have helped to uh, speak up sooner? Um, the daily standups actually are a good strategy for that to try to get people to list their blockers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm stumped on this thing. And especially if you hear that two days in a row, it's right. time for a phone call, uh, to, to bring in some more help. Right. Do you ever like head off, try to head something like that off by hearing, you know, somebody's going to be working on a particular area, area and you think, oh, you know, I know somebody else has some knowledge there. You should really talk to them. Uh, yes, that's actually one of the primary functions of a, of a good team lead, I believe, is 
to understand where all the balls are being juggled at a given moment and being able to make those connections for people that are able to focus and dig into their specific area. You need to talk to that person over there or let me hook you up. Um, the, the team leads need to actively do that. Mm-hmm. So we talked about uh, Scrum and stand-ups. Um, are there any other um, agile or otherwise management techniques or you know practices, I guess, that you found helpful? It's I don't know. I mean, I've I've certainly watched the some of the XP techniques. We've never got into pair programming. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried at various times to uh, to do some code reviews. Um, but it it gets it get it gets tough to do that. So it's it's one area I wish we could do better on is is the code review practices. Mm-hmm. We've tried some of the XP techniques in terms. Well, I there's a there's a lot to the XP. Um, code reviews is something I wish we could do more of. Um, it's one of the best ways to get consistency across the work product when mm-hmm. people are are seeing that together. Never did pair programming uh, for the same reasons as introverts, extroverts. So it's it's mostly just the, the continual communication of, of the stand-ups and both the planning and the retrospectives. We did that, too, and that was very effective. In your notes to me, you mentioned um, that standardized tools are important. Um, can you expand on that, why that why it's important to standardize on on tools? Um. In the, in the office, it's a lot easier to know, you know, to who's the VI user, who's the Emacs user, to, to go approach them for, uh, um, you know, a specific trouble you're having at the moment. Um, remotely, it's, it's a lot harder to keep track of who's running what. So the more that everybody's running the same tool, you can say, I'm struggling with this, or I just found the most awesome thing, everybody will be interested in it. Mm-hmm. Do you even like standardize on the same hardware or we're not, do you not go that far? Um, we finally got to standardized hardware and actually that made a big difference because it enabled the more standardization of software. We mm-hmm. finally got the whole team on, on OS 10, um, for iChat and screen sharing and heck, even configuring your same, uh, path structures relative to forward and backward slashes made a big difference. Now, also, uh, another thing that you mentioned uh, in in your notes to me before the show is uh, uh, a little story about um, sort of the early evolution uh, of your of your conference calls. Can you can you tell me about that? Sure. It, we had some interesting uh, occasions where there was an imbalance between the people that were remote and the people that were co-located in the office. Um, and it actually went both ways where sometimes the people that were remote were better connected than the people in the office or vice versa. But the, the best example is stand-ups where half the team would gather in the room and for the first few minutes of the scheduled time, they'd be all chatty and what happened yesterday. And the, those of us on the phone are just like, come on, folks, down to business, let's do it. It, it created enough of a disparity that we ended up um, moving the standups to full conference call. Um, everybody called in from their desks, mm-hmm. um, made for funny 
occurrences when for other people walking around the office, here's five people that you can tell are all on the same call from their cubes. <laughs> Um, but that really leveled the playing field for the the type of collaboration, joking, and you know down to work topics that would um, that would happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've heard a few um, few other people tell me the same thing that they they have a uh, everybody calls in rule even when when some of the people are co located in an office. Are there any other just just bits of advice that, or, or, you know, experiences that you've picked up along the way that you would, you'd want to share with other people who are working, uh, remotely? Um, the, the one piece of advice I wish I could have taken, or I could take further even, even with what I'm doing now that I've never heard mentioned is more use of real faces on avatars. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Um, there's, you know, the, for some people are nervous about putting their picture online. Heck, it's the intranet. But it's a lot easier to get snarky with a generic avatar than it is to a smiling mugshot. And if everyone would do that for their instant messaging, for their wiki profiles, for everything, I think the world would be a much happier place. I completely agree. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think, I think it's something that doesn't get you know, I mean, who cares about avatars, right? You know, it's just some silly configuration thing that that uh, that who has time for. And I think it's something that people really don't think about the psychological uh, weight of that. Yeah, I there just, are. I don't want HR, so I can't make it a policy, but it's it's strongly encouraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely a good point. Uh, are, are there any? I don't know. Are there any ex- differences that that you would note that are are interesting in in um working in this kind of non-cutting edge, you know, you're not in a, a sort of a Silicon Valley startup, um, which is where I, you know, find a lot of these distributed teams. Um, you know, does this work for, for more traditional companies? Um, do you think more of them should be doing this? It, it absolutely works. And I, maybe the, the takeaway is that you don't have to be completely freewheeling with, oh, let's use Dropbox today. Let's use something else tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're faced with constraints like um, all corporate data needs to be on the corporate network. So mm. uh, trying out these these external services, we either have to bring them in-house or not use them. Mm-hmm. And it does work despite that. Um, you know, we've had some networking troubles, for instance, uh, we can't have company code on personal workstations. So people either get one of our machines or they remote desktop into a machine that's in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are things that, you know, a lot of the, the cutting edge world would, would scoff at, but corporations have, have to deal with those security constraints and it, it still works. Um, okay. We're not doing video, but instant messaging and, and email can fill a huge gap. Right. Right. Sure. Um, well, I mean, you've already given me a, a lot of, a, a lot of advice. Um, but I always do like to ask, you know, if there's one, like one most important piece of advice you can give to a, uh, a team that's getting started with dispersed work, what would it be? I think there's still the need to start off, with face-to-face meetings. Um, 
I've, I've, I've hired people sight unseen and not met them until later. It works a lot better after you've had, you know, a, a little bit of social interaction. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a trip to the Caribbean or anything, mm-hmm. but just to know that when someone, you know, for instance, somebody is sarcastic, but yet they're smiling. You need to have that, that visual context for folks, um, in order to take it offline or to take it remote and just do voice and text. Right. Would you say there's, do you have like a, a rule of thumb minimum time to spend together? No, I don't have a rule of thumb. Um, it should, you know, especially for the far distributed people, I'd love for it to be, um, at least quarterly. Okay. Uh, for a couple of days, um, budgets sometimes say six months or, or longer, but it's, it's worth the money to, to do it more often. Very good point. Yeah. All right. Well, um, before we go, is, uh, is there anything, um, well, first of all, where can people find you uh, online and, uh, do you have any, uh, projects or, or anything else that, that you'd like to draw attention to? Um, I can be, f- my handle by Large is Deaf Great Dane, as in Big Dog That Can't Hear. Um, they're on Twitter and LinkedIn and whatnot. Um, I blog occasionally at greatdanephotos.com slash geek. Um, company information can be found at merylcorp.com, two R's, two L's. Um, one of the premier products that might be relevant to the distributed teams is Datasite, uh, which is our a virtual deal room for mergers and acquisitions, secure document storage. A lot of good stuff out there. All right. Well, Ben, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Wide Teams podcast. Please visit us on the web at wideteams.com to leave feedback and enjoy more articles, screencasts, and conversations about dispersed teams. The Wide Teams podcast is a service of ShipRise LLC and is released under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share-alike license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next time, this is Avdi Grimm signing off. Wow, 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 wow,